So hi, one of the Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with Skylar from Taking Meds. And we're asking some questions today about their new album, Terrible Things from Wonderful Wonderful Men. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the sponsor so far? Uh good. I think it's been the the best we've had so far for a release. So it's nice. Hell yeah. Awesome. Very happy to hear that. So is there any meaning behind the album name Terrible News from Wonderful Men or the cover art? Um, I wanted to call it Wonderful News from Terrible Men. <gasps> and uh, there was no meaning behind that name. <laughs> okay. I just thought it was funny. And then someone suggested suggested we flip it and everybody laughed so i was like that's pretty good too we'll do that but then i guess uh a lot of the songs are um c- kind of bleak so it's kind of like just a collection of terrible news i mm-hmm. kind of put that together together after and i was like yeah i guess that works you know mm-hmm. um the cover art I thought uh, I I don't have I don't think it like there's a direct like correlation that I can intellectualize with the the themes on the record, but I just thought it it fit. Uh, my friend Jared Bouchang is a artist in South America, living in South America, and he's mostly a visual artist, but he's also a photographer. And when I found that in his on his website i i reached out to him because i just immediately thought it worked really well and wanted to use it i mean it is it is a man eating alone with like a a light covering his face i just i thought thematically it went nicely with the the album and the title Mm -hmm. for sure do you think for your next one you're going to flip it back to your original idea that to the album title Probably not, no. Okay. That would have been cool, but okay. <laughs> um, so can you tell us a little about your writing process for this album? Sure. Um, so for the most part, myself and our other guitarist, Ben, get together and he he plays drums. Um, he, did a, he did a lot of the initial writing for this one. Usually... I would say the majority of the guitar gets written by him and then a good chunk gets written by me as well. Um, a lot of stuff I had, a lot of stuff I had finished got used on our last EP, the meds you deserve. And so this one, I feel like was a lot of, a lot of Ben riffs and, but he's, he's also pretty decent on the drums. So we'll, we'll get together usually up till now it's been, the way we get we do stuff is just me and him at first and we'll flesh out songs um maybe even just start with a riff and then write out the rest of the song together just kind of feeling our way through it uh, and we'll record them that way and then um some of them i i would write vocals to right after that and others um we would wait until we had 
again gotten together as a four piece and and fleshed out um the song even more mm-hmm. but yeah the music generally gets written first and then the vocals and then uh the song sit go on there is a riff that our bass player john had been chewing on for like the better part of a year maybe longer mm. and uh when we were doing pre-production we we took some time with that riff and ended up fleshing out that song as well and then um john and alex both write their own parts too mm. john especially you know writes wrote all his own bass parts on this record and um alex you know makes the drum parts what they are uh I think John wrote the chorus and overripe. Yeah, that's that's the general process though. A lot of it begins with two of us, but but it ends with with all of us in a room. Okay. So it's relatively collaborative. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So I want you to tell us your favorite lyric off this record and the meaning behind it. Oh God. <laughs> Um, I really like, uh, in, um, moving the stash, there's a, there's a, um, there's a line that's like a well, a well-placed bomb across town while the warehouse gets cleaned out, gather with the crowd, let them tell me about it. Um, which doesn't doesn't suggest much meaning at all outside the context of the song, but the song is just a kind of, uh, like using, um, like exciting crime imagery to, as a, as a metaphor for, um, not wanting to get close and open up to people. I think it's like a, a short way I can describe it. And I, I am very interested in like, I love crime dramas and stuff like that. I'm interested mm-hmm. in, in crime in general, like as a, a concept. So I was, I, I want to do that more. And I, I was happy with how that song turned out. Okay. I like that. okay that's interesting that's very interesting um so what song on the album took the longest to write and which one is your personal favorite oh these are good questions uh thank you thank you i think crepe hanger took the longest to write i would say i hope the other guys don't disagree with me on any of this but i, I really <laughs> feel like we messed with that one a lot and um my favorite is tangerines probably okay mm-hmm. uh, so how did the track list for this record come about did you guys write the opener the opener closer to be a closer to kind of shuffle it together listen through a couple of times what was that process like uh no we we just wrote all the songs and then somewhere towards the end it always comes into conversation well, what are you guys thinking for order and yeah, I don't know. You kind of just you kind of just feel it out. I think on this one we tried to put 
this we put the first two singles first mm -hmm. um just to kind of see if if that would work to draw people in and then hopefully the rest of the record would be strong enough to keep them engaged um that was a, a conscious decision and then beyond that you know it's you just kind of just kind of try to find a, a consensus on how the song should flow dynamically you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah um there's but there's no uh no like lyrical order or anything like that no no heavily thematic order okay okay that's fair uh so where was your headspace at while you're writing this album um all, well all over the place like because uh we we wrote it over probably the, the better part of a year you know so it was all the places that a person's headspace goes in a year or, or that mine goes um yeah i i think <laughs> it's like uh yeah it's it's not like we we like sat down for a month and had like a writing session you know so yeah um but i think like I think my headspace is always um the creative headspace is always one of like heightened focus and uh excitement and when you're doing it successfully you kind of shut a lot of things out that you normally wouldn't and um you're fixated and uh you have to remember to drink water and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff mm -hmm. Okay. um yeah anything that uh any like lyrical themes that are coming from like other emotional times like i can't write when i'm really really upset you know mm -hmm. but i can make a note of something and in, in a notebook or whatever but when i'm like actually putting the lyrics together in a way that i think is um like pleasing to look at and hear i'm focused and um not preoccupied mm -hmm. and not not highly emotional you know yeah that's interesting i've never i don't think we've spoken to a person who's like i can't write when i'm like in the moment a lot of people are like oh i'm angry let me go write but you make notes of stuff when you're in that headspace and then you go and write on it when you're when you're kind of out of that yeah i, I honestly even the even when i make because i do make i have like a a lyrics note mm -hmm. note section of my notes app i'm sure yeah. everybody does but when i uh i don't i think like when i when i find most inspiration is when i'm reflecting mm -hmm. um not when i'm reacting you know oh okay i get it now that makes sense not as not as a principle that's just how it happens for me i I'm too, when I'm upset or, um, let's just say upset. I, I, I'm too wrapped up in the emotion to like do something, um, creative. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Before we move on, can you show us your cat? I saw him in the frame. 
There was a cat. Yeah. There was a cat. I want to say Wait. hi. She's obsessed with the laser pointer right now. It's the only <gasps> way I'm going to get her up here. Look, look. Come on. It's up here. Come get it up here. Come on. <laughs> you can just come up here. <laughs> This is Phoebe. Hi, Phoebe. <gasps> Hi, Phoebe. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Phoebe does not want to be on camera right now. <laughs> oh, I love Phoebe. It's amazing. <laughs> Perfect. He is obsessed, obsessed with the laser pointer. It's very funny. I don't know how <laughs> it perfect. took me this long. It's not my friend brought it over. So mm -hmm. I owe it all to her. Awesome. All right. uh, um, so back to the album. <laughs> how do you recommend your fans to listen to the album for the first time? Should they play in the car with friends? Should they play in the dark with headphones on? Should they blast at a party? What do you personally recommend? That's a good question. Um, I think it's a pretty good driving album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't ever want to listen to something new with friends yeah. or okay. anybody else. Yeah. I, I always wanted to do it by myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Driving or headphones on a commute. It's a good record for your kind of everyday stuff. It's not a, you know, it's a like upbeat rock record. Mm -hmm. um, you definitely don't need to, to listen to it in the dark or anything like that you know fair enough mm -hmm. uh this question should be super super quick off the top of your head i want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words no more no less i guess it's like upbeat okay 90s okay rock there you go perfect there you go that's perfect you got it you got it. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's good though. I don't think it's a good descriptor, but that's that's what that's what we got. So okay. Okay. If yeah. you think of, of a better pair, then you can always just you know blurt it out. If we're you know it's, in the middle of saying a question, or if you're it's, in the middle of answering, it's definitely it's definitely nineties. That could be the three words. It's definitely nineties. There, there you go. go. There you go. Even better. There we go, Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is there a certain feeling or emotion you want this album to invoke in your listeners um yeah i want i want to i want it to be comforting because i think when i listened to um i don't know someone who talks about someone who talks pretty plainly about things being bad like like a good example of someone who does that i think is elliot smith and and i always really liked elliot smith and when i was listening to him a lot people would always be like doesn't that bum you out to listen to him that much and i was like not at all it's it's nice it's it makes me yeah i don't know it makes me feel makes me feel better that like somebody else is uh seeing things in a certain way and singing about it, especially because, um, you know, some of his songs have, have some fucking rock in them too. You know, mm -hmm. it's like kind of, kind of a juxtaposition of 
the feeling of the music and the subject matter of the song that I always liked. So yeah, I, I hope that there's some comfort in it for people, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so what band or artists influence you think you can hear the most on this album, if any? What band's influence can you hear the most? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think there's a distinct super chunk influence in in some parts um as always i think that there is a distinct polvo influence there's a part that everyone says sounds like failure and hum Mm -hmm. so again 90s stuff Mm -hmm. yeah just seems to be what we what we gravitate towards when we're writing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so what is your favorite memory that you've made while creating this record? Well, I'm very bad at Mario party. <laughs> okay. I'll always remember how badly I get my ass kicked at Mario party. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> So did not, you guys not, play that I'm a lot? Too, I'm not too sentimental, so we'll just go with that. Yeah, we played a lot of Mario Party. Okay, okay. So we also watched a lot of times. We all, yeah, <laughs> we got humiliated, and uh, and I'll never forget it. All uh, right. I also okay. watched a, a movie called Tiptoes, mm-hmm. starring Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. You should check it out. Check it out. All right. Will do. So picture this. You're on tour. You're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? I have always been a Ritz Bits with peanut butter and sugar-free Red Bull man. Mm -hmm. I also am partial to the Cliff Builders bars. Uh, Okay. And, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. So if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be and why? Hmm. Yeah. It's a big question. I think liver and onions. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) It's not for everybody, but the people who like it really like it. Okay. Oh. All right. Do you like liver and onions? I am a vegan. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so, okay. All right. I'll just, I'll let, yeah. All right. All right. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, so, where do you see the band in the next five years? Uh, Probably settling out of court. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, hopefully we're st- hopefully we're still doing doing our thing, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Really good. Uh, so for the last couple of questions, we're actually going to shift away from music, if that's okay with you. Sure. Sick. So we're actually going to go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with the drink? I was going to say that's a record label. So we're not exactly uh, what my last meal and the drink. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
I'm guessing I got to change it up from liver and onions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd hope so. I hope so. I think, uh, I think we go with a rigatoni mm-hmm. with uh, marinara, sweet marinara, and uh, vegan meatballs, or like some like Beyond sausage, mm-hmm. something like that. And then, uh, a Heineken Zero. All right. Very cold. All right. Perfect. Uh, so if you could live in one fiction world for a week, where would you live? One fiction world? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like a fantasy world? Yeah, like a book, movie, comic book, TV show. Or just live in a movie. I just want to be in the mafia. You want to be in the mafia? Yeah. You might be able to do that so in I'll real just, life. Yeah. I'll just be, I don't want to do it in real life. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 You want yeah. to do it for a week? Yeah, I'll be. And I'll just, just be out. in. Uh, I'll just be in. Uh, in the Sopranos. The Sopranos. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so I have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we've spoken to has said that it is the most important question. What is your favorite color? Green. You have a specific shade of green. I like darker greens, forest green. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Solid. Yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah. a good one. So as Gloria said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Um, I'm, uh, when does this come out? A couple uh, weeks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm currently running a campaign on my Instagram where I harass Heineken trying to get them to sponsor me with their non-alcoholic beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily want to plug that, but I've just been doing it every day. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, yeah, I have um, two other bands who decides and highway sniper. And then I have um, a solo project called growing stone. Um, our album is out. You can buy it from Smart Punk. Could stream it wherever. And we're doing some release shows on the East Coast and in the Midwest for uh, for that in January. Uh, the Midwest states are with Somerset Thrower from New York, who mm-hmm. are also great. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of exciting shit coming up. Hell yeah! Awesome. Well, thank you for now. That's been Skylar from Taking Meds, and we have been the Noise Podcast.